the one thing the world needed right now. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Dungeons & Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our 21st episode. Darby, our podcast is of legal drinking age. It is! Yay! (laughs) Congratulations to our podcast. And you know what else we should be congratulating our podcast for? We are officially Die Hard Dice affiliates. Yes, we are! I, it's so exciting to be Dice Affiliates for Die Hard, a dice company that we've talked about a fair amount on this podcast, I believe. Yes, they are our absolute favorite dice company. We are so excited to be affiliated with them. And that means that every month we are going to have a new discount code for you all and a new product for you all to check out. Yes, this month we are promoting the RPG set Nightingale. It is this beautiful, glimmery set. It kind of looks like a galaxy or a geode or stone with just this like beautiful mix of orange and green and brown. It just shimmers so beautifully. And this dice set just looks beautiful. I cannot stop looking at it. If you would like to pick up your own Nightingale dice set, you can head over to dieharddice.com and search for the Nightingale RPG set. And while you're there, you can use our discount code, which is CHAOSFEB, for 10% off your entire order. Which is good for the dice gremlins I know many of whom would use this wisely. We know you're listening to this podcast. Go use this code and save some money on your dice hoarding. Fly, my pretties, fly! Again, that code is CHAOSFEB, C-H-A-O-S-F-E-B. You know what else is new, Harper? What is that, Darby? We are now Twitch affiliates, which is so cool. On our Twitch channel, Chaotic Pod, we just hit uh, affiliate status this past weekend. Yes, we did, which means you can now support the Twitch content that Darby and I create by going to twitch.tv slash chaoticpod and becoming a subscriber. We stream three days a week currently. Tuesdays is Darby's Dungeon, where at 6 p.m. PST, I play a variety of different games. As of right now, I'm on a Darkest Dungeon binge, so you can join me then for that. On Thursdays, Harper and I both stream for Co-op Chaos, where we do a variety of different things. Chatting, playing games. Uh, Last week, we played Magic the Gathering. So be sure to tune in at 6 p.m. PST for that. And on Saturdays, Harper's Homeroom at 2 p.m. PST, you can catch Harper just vibing, showing off makeup, talking about dice, playing Portal, a lot of different things. Harper is our variety streamer. Also, a new thing that will be coming to our Twitch channel is we are going to be running the very first Chaotic Creations actual play Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Yes, I'm very excited to be showing people this campaign. The premise is great. The players are so talented, and I am so, so excited for you all to see the characters that we've come up with. You can come check that out. Again, that is 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Friday, February 18th. And the name of that campaign is Hidden Magics. But before we get there, we should do today's episode, which is a bit of a Valentine's Day special for you all. Because the guests for this week's episode are none other than Gregory and Milan, who are mine and Darby's partners. Yes, our loving partners who are (laughs) supporting us as we make this podcast. So yeah, we're excited to have them on. Yes, we are. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So today on the podcast, we have our first ever 
duo of guests, we have our partners, Milan and Gregory. And we'll start with Milan. How are you doing today, Milan? I'm doing really well. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, I've been hearing about this podcast pretty much as soon as it started, actually. Yeah, uh, that's when I met Darby, in fact. Nice, nice. We're excited to have you here. And Gregory Love, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and you you also have been around since the inception of this podcast. Yes, since before. I've, I am from the before time. <laughs> I was about to say from the before times. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll start with just a general who are you for our listeners who might not have heard of you before, because Darby and I don't talk about you too that often on the podcast. This time we'll start with Gregory. Gregory, honey, who are you? What should the listeners know about you? Oh, man. That's such a deep philosophical question. <laughs> no, um, I am just a dude living his life. I'm with Harper. I'm her partner. I'm a teacher. Yeah, that's that's basically it. I'm a gamer. I'm a maker. Yeah. What about you, Milan? What should our listeners know about you? Yeah, it's a pretty deep question. Well, I mean... My name is Milan. Um, I love RPGs and TTRPGs, and I do play video games as well. I will hesitate to use the word personally. Uh, gamer. <laughs> Let's go, gamers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've always been interested in RPGs and stuff like that and creativity. Currently, I'm just a student, but hopefully that isn't permanent. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know the condition of being a student is that often it's permanent. And yeah. it will continue for the rest of your young life. Yeah. And a fun thing for our listeners today is that today, instead of just Darby, we have three punsters on mic. Because <laughs> that is the preferred sense of humor for both of our partners. It's the superior sense of humor. Okay. Let's not. I wouldn't go that far. But I'm not saying anything extraordinary. I mean, puns require quick wit. You know, you just got to roll with the punches. Take them as they come. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to mess it up because you're going to have a missed take on your hands. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear a joke? A and d joke? Is it base PHB Rangers? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's a fighter's favorite food? A knuckle sandwich. <laughs> Did you like that punchline? <laughs> What's their favorite drink? Fruit punch. I had an expectation, but you really uh, pun it in a different way than I expected. Okay. I have to ask both of you, uh, how did you first get into tabletop role-playing games? Well, you go first. All right. Yeah. Um, the first experience I had with actually like sitting down and internalizing what an RPG was, was actually a RPG stream. Most people will say, you know, critical role or like, Acquisitions Incorporated. Mine was High Rollers uh, over across the pond run by Mark Humes for the Yogscast's Twitch channel, which is strange because not a lot of people relate to that one. Um, and then in high school, I started playing in our D&D club freshman year and had a fun time doing it. I actually DM'd a campaign in junior year. Nice. Okay. Gregory, what about you? How did you get to tabletop? I first started playing... Gosh, I must have still been in college, and my best friend wanted to play a campaign with me, and so he had some friends. We drove out to their apartment late one night. I think it was Pathfinder we were playing, and I started playing an Artificer. I forgot its name, but honestly, there was too much internal drama with those friends. Couldn't handle it. Had to drop out. But yeah, that was my first experience. 
Uh, I'm still happy to, to play along sometimes. Yeah. Gregory, do you want me to tell the story of how you knew that you wanted to be in a relationship with me? Yes, tell that story because it's perfect for Valentine's Day. It was after Gregory and I had gone on two or three dates and he had mentioned that he wanted to play TTRPGs but had never really found the right group to play with. And I was like, oh, I've got you because my friends and I play TTRPGs and I love Dungeons and Dragons. And so on this date, I brought the player's handbook with me and I had printed out a character sheet and we actually made a character for Gregory to play. I think we still have that. I think we still have it somewhere. I think it's a tiefling monk. Yeah. And it was going to be the avatar. (laughs) Such a cute story. And it was so funny because she brought all of her dice in a lingerie bag. Why? Okay. He says that. It wasn't a lingerie (laughs) bag. It was a makeup bag. He just doesn't know the difference. (laughs) It was so lacy. (laughs) Oh my God. Listen, honey, lace does not always mean lingerie. Not always. Fair enough. Lacy wine bags. Do you think wine bags are lingerie bags? I don't drink wine. Don't come whining to me about it. (laughs) Don't be such a sour grape. (laughs) From what I've heard, wine can be a grape time, but it's, uh, you know. Where'd you get that from? My parents. Yeah, they're wine drinkers. No, come on. That was a perfect setup for the down the grapevine. Come on, Mulan. Come on. I did the perfect setup. No! <laughs> this is it. You know what? Relationship over. Listen, if I was good at uh, picking up hints, I would have asked you out sooner. So let's just be clear. You know, funnily enough, Milan also did hand me a character sheet the first time we met. Yeah, and then you <laughs> murdered my familiar. Okay, listen. Who? <laughs> the joke there is that the familiar was an owl. Anyway. And then I have to ask both of you, what is your favorite thing about tabletop gaming? Why do you still play like i know that milan you've been playing for years why do you still play tabletop i just enjoy spending time and seeing that look in people's eyes when things click and they're really in character and they're able to like solve a problem that's been bugging their character and it almost feels like they've solved a problem that's been bugging them because in a lot of ways it is i know personally when my characters are facing a really difficult situation and i'm just unable to act in every single moment like because you know session ends and you have to wait another week to play again i'm thinking about it constantly over those seven days and then the next session i come back with a renewed sense and telling that shared story and that narrative really draws me in every time because you are equal parts dungeon master and player right I would actually say nowadays I am much more a dungeon master since most of the games I play in fizzle out pretty quickly. Fair enough. Gregory, what about you? Because you didn't have that positive an experience the first time you played tabletop. Why do you keep playing it? For you. Long story short for you, but also it's fun. It's a good time. It's a good romp. Sit around a table or lately sit around a Zoom call and just hang out and have a good time. I also love making the miniatures for it and painting them. And like I have a 3D printer, I print them out, I paint them up. It's a fun time, for sure. Painting minis is fun. I mean, I have a whole three shelves dedicated just to minis. I really enjoy, I don't have a 3D printer, so I purchase models and then paint them. But it's very fun to do and very relaxing. Listen, the two of you should talk after we're done recording. Work something out. Sounds like a plan. But what do you think that the favorite character that you've ever made is? 
That's such a hard question. I have made almost six dozen or so at this point. Honestly, I guess I'll start with what I think the one that's most memorable to me is. I think the most memorable character to me is Conroy Van Von Valk Van V, was my first 5th edition character back in 2018. The Artificer UA had just come out or something. And I was playing an Artificer in a campaign. It was my first experience with 5th edition, and I hadn't had a fix to play Dungeons & Dragons in over a year. So it's no wonder that when my friend offered to DM those sessions, we ended up playing for over 12 hours a night for more than like a week. And we just blazed through all of his prepared content. I reprised the role recently because we never got to the conclusion of that mini campaign. And my friend redid it and redone it up now with two extra years of experience and made it like a more of a mystery aspect. And I played Sir Conroy Van Von Valkvan V again since Eberron had just come out and the official Artificer rules were out. Uh, there were a lot of changes that Conroy went through over two years, but he still is very near and dear to my heart, especially because he was just an overconfident, uh, swaggering jerk who was so confident in his abilities to build any solution to any problem. I must say, Artificers, for that reason, draw me in a lot. What was the guy's Conroy what? Conroy Van Von Valk Van the Fifth. Van is his middle name. Von Valk Van is his last name, and he is the fifth of his line. And he's an artificer? Yeah. Sick. Listen, to be a jerk, I made his father's name Victor Van Von Valk Van the Fifth as well. I think it's really cool that you've made um, so many. I, on the other hand, have made very little of my own characters. I guess my favorite one, though, that I have made... Man, we just did one not too long ago, me and Harper. We just made one. Gosh, but I already forgot his name because I don't. We don't play with that one often. But it was a wizard. It was like a high elf wizard. Do you remember his name? What's his name? I have his character sheet right here. It's um, Morty Ongbar. My favorite's Morty Ongbar, and me and Harper made it on our anniversary, and we played a uh, a game of D and D, a one shot, and it was really cute. And Morty Ongbar is cool because he was like this old, not old, but he was like this prisoner before, and he broke out of jail, uh, and now he's on a, a path of repentance. Uh, so he can like you know, kind of clear his name and wizard things up and save the day. Uh, so it was pretty cool. But I also like the minis that I paint. I recently just printed out a little dwarf, and he's going to be uh, Dwarf King Baldurok, and uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting interesting character when I flesh that one out. Well, you two definitely have varying levels of experience when it comes to TTRPG, but today you're going to be working together uh, because Darby, do you want to tell them what their prompt is for the day? Yes, I would love to. You're both going to be making characters with joint backgrounds, but the caveat is that they are both artificers. I like it. I think I've got enough experience with that toolkit to know what I'm working with. Wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Conroy Van Very very Many... Oh, gosh, I can't talk. Conroy Van Very Many Names, the sixth. (laughs) I had to practice getting that name down for, like an hour just to be sure that I can always rattle it off. And I'm glad two years later, I can still do it. Conroy Van Von Falk Van the Fifth. See, I don't give my characters complicated names, except for Priscilla Corvus Corvington, Arabella the Third, first of her name, child of the artisan guild, master of the <laughs> master of the West. She's very pretentious. Have you also mentioned that she's a Kenku? Yeah, she's a Kenku with a gun. Uh, she's also <laughs> an artificer, funnily enough. Well, you didn't come into that character uh, concept half-cocked. <laughs> but um bum puns are the beak of comedy what can i say we're just winging it you'll fly high with these uh skills that you have for sure 
I hope that having three people who make wordplay isn't too much of a burden on you, Harper. <laughs> well, feather or not it is, we're going to continue forward. Birds of a feather flock together. I knew what I was getting into when I suggested this is the holiday episode. <laughs> we picked a class that both of you have some experience with and that I also think that both of you enjoy to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very interesting. Artificers are cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know that you, Gregory, prefer casting classes. I don't know what I prefer. I'm a noob, in a sense. Scrub. I just like combat and miniatures the most. (laughs) So if an artificer is good at that. I guess I should rephrase, you gravitate toward the caster classes. Yeah. Well, artificer is pretty interesting. They have a lot of cool mechanics. Nice. (laughs) First things first, where you're both playing artificers, what race are you interested in playing? You can pick different races or the same race. It depends. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's a good question. Artificers, really, I feel like artificers have a lot more freedom than some other classes do because artificers are so versatile. Any of the races could kind of inform your build based on their racial abilities. From where I'm coming from, I've got a few ideas. I want, I'm picturing more of a supportive character. I think I'm going to go with a halfling this time. Oh. I just scrolled all the way to the bottom of the races page and I saw Grung. And it sounds like Greg, and so we need to make it a grung. I mean, okay, grung. We can do a grung. So let's start with the things that a grung is going to get. Artificers are intelligence-based classes. That's what their uh, mechanics are all centered around. And as a grung, you are going to get a bonus of plus two to your dexterity and a plus one to your constitution. And Milan, you said halfling, correct? Yeah, I'm thinking halfling is what I'm going to go for this time. Okay, do you have a sub-race in mind? It's a bit of a weird one. I was thinking the Eberron Mark of Hospitality. I've never made a dragon-marked character. I think this would be an interesting idea to do this. You could explain a little bit about dragon marks? Yeah, so dragon marks, I'm not super familiar with the Eberron lore, but from what I'm understanding, dragon marks are essentially akin to a birthmark that some races have. Essentially, halflings have access to two healing and hospitality they're essentially magical lineages much in the akin like a sorcerer is but a bit more muted they're not exactly as expressed in straight up magic but dragon marks are part of the biology of a creature that marks them as unique the mark of hospitality specifically are for those skilled in creation of food and drink and you know that sort of whole deal Whereas grungs, Gregory, are um, basically frog people. They traditionally don't get along very well with people who are not grungs. But, you know, we also take all of established lore and chuck it out the window whenever, whenever we so feel. And they're typically, like, they have a superiority system, is I guess a way of saying it. Ribbiting. <laughs> I totally didn't see that pun coming. <laughs> Listen, let's not leap into a whole nother topic of conversation this quickly. <laughs> Those caught me off guard. I don't have any any jokes for these. Dang it. You were a tad surprised. You'll have to polish off a couple frogs. That's now, now we're reaching. Now we're reaching. I know. That was a stretch. A stretch of the tongue, you might say. I mean, one could say that it was a massive leap. But anyway. I already made, Milan a, already made, Milan the... made a leap. Oh, no. no. I'm just going to cut it out. Anyway. <laughs> I thought you were cutting.
no. I didn't even say you were going to cut out Milan so that you were the only one with the leaf pun. And Honey, if there's going to be one person on the podcast who's <laughs> not making a pun, it's going to be me. I have a reputation to uphold. Wow. A loved one for not being a punster. Yeah. Anyway. One of the fun things about this then with you two having a shared backstory, something to start considering is both grungs and halflings are small creatures. So you're going to both be about the same height. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that myself. It's very interesting. I've, I'm very excited to see how differently I will build this because I built quite a few artificers before, but I think this is the first small race I've played as an artificer and definitely the first one I'm thinking I'm going to give a bit more charisma to. Okay. You know, depending on what you pick as your artificer. If you pick Battlesmith, you could ride your you could ride your creation, can't you? I already had what I was thinking of for my subclass, but that does sound fun. I just like thinking of a cauldron with legs. Before we get too deep into talking about subclasses, we should first roll some stats. So as a reminder for Gregory and Milan and for our listeners who may not have heard us roll stats before, the method that we use here to roll stats on Chaotic Creations is that you're going to roll 4d6, uh, you're going to re-roll any ones, and you're going to add together the highest three numbers. You're going to do that six times to get a full stat array. Let's start with Gregory. Gregory, what are your stats for your character? I rolled 14, 13, 13, 13, 13. And 10. I mean, honey, you know that 13 is my lucky number, so this is a lucky character. Oh, yeah. Uh, Milan, what about you? What does your stat block look like? I got a 9, 16, a 12, another 9, a 14, and an 11. Wow. Two nines? Thank goodness for your reroll ones rule, or um, I would have had not that 14 or that 12. <laughs> wow, Okay. So you both have very interesting stat blocks. Neither of you is going to be probably amazing at anything, but I like this. Okay. For listeners who might not be that familiar with the Artificer class, it is an intelligence-based class. You get access to a lot of wizard spells and intelligence is your spellcasting ability. Typically, what we would see is a stat increase from hospitality halflings in your dexterity and your charisma and with grungs in your dexterity and constitution. However, I know that Milan, at least, was very interested in using the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything rules for variant skill increases, correct? Yeah, the variant origin rules, I think, is a very good direction to go in. Maybe not complete, but it's a nice step. Uh, I'm definitely going to shift that plus two in dexterity over to a plus two in intelligence, but I'll leave the plus one increase in charisma. Okay. And Gregory, do you want to keep the increases in dexterity and constitution, or do you want to shift around which of your skills you're increasing? Like in terms of the racial traits? Mm -hmm. I think we'll keep them. I think dexterity is good for an artificer, right? It works well with their hands. And then constitution, what does constitution do for me again? I forgot. Constitution is like your health. Your modifier adds to or subtracts from your health pool. And as a spellcaster, you will have some spells that you'll have to concentrate on. Spells that you have to focus in order to cast. Maybe they have a continued effect. And in order to concentrate on them, if you get hit, you have to roll a constitution saving throw. So it's good to have a pretty, at least not a negative modifier to your constitution. So that if you get punched and you have to maintain a spell that's keeping your friends aloft, you are able to. Okay. So it's funny you mentioned that. The first time I played 5th edition, a friend of mine made a bard. 
and made their dump stat constitution. One time they rolled a two while leveling up and went down by one HP. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. The character wasn't the first one to die, so, you know. Surprising. Yeah. Who was? <laughs> Our maxed out con fighter who decided to 1v1 a Hydra. So where are you two thinking of putting your stats for these characters? I'm definitely putting that 16 in intelligence. I feel like that's clear for me. All right, so that plus two is going to bring you up to an 18 intelligence. So you're actually going to be a fairly decent caster. Yeah, I think casting is going to be this character's role mostly because I'm putting those nines. One of them's going in strength and the other's going in wisdom. Okay. Oh, I was about to say, oh, well, good luck saving on fear effects, but fear effects don't affect halflings. Well, I have advantage. You have advantage, at least, against being frightened. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Gregory, the benefit of you two getting to make your characters with joint backstories is that you can choose to make characters that skills complement each other, or you can both lean into the same strengths. I think, for the most part, I'm going to lean into, like, what an artificer's stats should probably be. Okay. So since there's going to be a lot of spells, intelligence does make the most sense. But I'm so rounded as like a 14, 13 kind of guy. Um, I'm just going to put the 14 into intelligence. And then I'll put 113 into constitution. All right. So that plus one is going to bring up to a 14 in constitution. Oh, my God. Then dexterity will put 13. Wisdom 13. And then we'll do how, how many? Oh, gosh. How many do I have left? Which would you like to be your dump stat? Your strength or your charisma? Probably strength, right? I'm just a frog, so it makes sense that I'm not strong. <laughs> so, yeah, the 10 in strength and the rest will be 13. So charisma will be also 13. I think I'm going to go for a f my second highest 14. I'm going to stick that into dexterity, actually. Good. Yeah. And then constitution, I'll make a 12. And charisma, I'll make an 11. But with the plus one, that should also be a 12. You know... Maybe not the best talker, but not not bad at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so then, Milan, what is your final stat array for this character? Uh, from top down, I've got strength at 9, dexterity at 14, constitution at 12, intelligence at a whopping 18, wisdom at a 9, and charisma at a 12. Would love a character with two negative modifiers on their character sheet. It, uh, it encourages character development and growth and ASIs and those particular. Too bad you can't take an ASI in this show. No, you cannot. Well, it's a good thing that I probably wouldn't have anyway. What about you, Gregory? What does your final stat array look like? So I have 10 in strength, 15 in dexterity, 14 in constitution, 14 in intelligence, 13 wisdom, and 13 charisma. All around, pretty well-rounded frog. Yeah, pretty well-rounded. You know, we've got an interesting dichotomy here of the well-rounded but not exceptional and the quite intelligent but oh wow bad at everything else. Hey, my character's got some good dexterity. Reverse caduceus clay. <laughs> yes. So looking a little bit more at your racial bonuses, Gregory, you are actually going to get quite a few cool features from being grung. The first of which is that you naturally get proficiency in the perception skill. Cool. Got big old frog eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you are also amphibious, so you can breathe both air and water. Oh, I'm making scuba gear. Wait, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for your friend over here, the halfling. F that guy. 
Yeah, friend might be a strong word. Maybe, maybe rivals. <laughs> oh, were, oh. Okay. This is gonna flesh out. It's gonna be some pretty good stuff. Maybe you group in the same village. Well, I was thinking we're artificers. You know, artificers are very competitive folk, and they always want to be the best. This could be like a Naboo and Gungan situation, right? Where we inhabit the same area. Like, there's a pond nearby his village, and I live in it. <laughs> He's the best artificer. <laughs> He's the best apprentice. Oh, Jar Jar Frogman. <laughs> you so suck. <laughs> what if you were both apprenticed to the same? You lived in the like the very deep pond next to this like halfling village, and that there was an art master artificer in the village, and you were both like learning. You started off as like good buddies, and then. As you grew older, you realized that you were both competition for time and attention and internships. That's interesting, because I was considering going a very interesting direction, because artificers, one of the best things about them is that they cast through their tools. I was thinking of casting through chef's supplies. Dude, are you going to try to cook my legs? Maybe. Frog legs, <laughs> grung legs, delicacy among the halflings. It started as a joke, and like you, you took the chef's tools, like, oh, ho, ho, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use magic through chef's tools. And then Jar Jar Grung was like, You said cook my legs? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to get slightly more charisma because I wanted to lean into that. Because I was picturing more of like an entertaining traveling type, a la Guy Fieri. <laughs> we said <still> rolling out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So we're we're gonna have a rival duo who for some reason goes adventuring together of Jar Jar Binks and Guy Fieri. Dungeons, <laughs> Dragons, Diners, and Dives. <laughs> oh no. It's like oh god, what's that what's that like Bobby Flay where he's like cooking across America, but he's like challenging people, but you're both doing it like you're both challenging each other just at different restaurants. Like, you're so going down. Well, no, you don't have to be a chef. I was thinking my character was, but, you know, my character, maybe like a celebrity adventuring type, but their, like, whole shtick is that they're a chef at the same time. That'd be very interesting, I think. I can make, like, alcoholic drinks with, like, my poisons, maybe? This, fro this frog, these grungs are, like, very poisonous. So maybe I figured out a way to distill the poison into alcohol. That is true. Grungs have immunity to poison, which is one of my favorite racial features that you can get. Uh, they also have poisonous skin. So if any creature grapples you, they take poison damage from you. What happens if you lick a grung, though? <laughs> you get high. You, you, you take poison damage. And get high. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe grungs are poisonous in, in the sense that they are quite literally, like, psychedelic. That, like, you take some damage, but, like, you also go on a trip. Is an alchemy jug something you can learn with an artificer infusion? Because Yes, it is. Oh, sick. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> so, an alchemy jug, for those who don't know, and for those familiar with Kim Kaji, our third episode, an alchemy jug is a wondrous magical item that can hold a gallon of a liquid of a certain choice, which includes mayonnaise for some reason. Mayonnaise is a liquid. No. No. It takes the shape of the container it's in. That's... Yes, so do cats. Are cats a liquid? Yes, actually, yes. Have you ever seen that uh, Twitter account? Yes, that's true. Anyways, uh, the alchemy jug, you can make beer in the alchemy jug and just stick your little grung arm in. Does it magically convert the liquid into something else or how does it work? 
Uh, so it magically generates up to a gallon of a liquid at a time. Um, you can create more or less of a liquid. For instance, I think you can create 10 gallons of water. It can only hold a gallon at a time, but you can pour out 10 gallons from this one gallon jug. Uh, but it just magically generates the liquid. Interesting. You can make four gallons of beer and a half ounce of poison. I do think, and this is interesting, that an alchemy jug might be necessary for you to have, Gregory, because um, grums also have a water dependency. So you need to immerse yourself fully in water at least once a day or suffer exhaustion. Okay, I have to have it then. Just bathe with my alchemy jug. You know those commercials where like it's like a car wash, but like it has like needlessly like scantily clad women just like throwing water everywhere. I just imagine <laughs> Greg's character picking up the alchemy jug and just like <laughs> wiggling with it, just going, Misa's so beautiful. <laughs> so i know it's an amphibian but does your grung have beautifully long locks of hair <laughs> maybe it's maybelline i guess i could give it hair right i don't know it's a frog if, if you want to you could you could lean it. i mean it is a frog creature is the thing it's like very much a frog <laughs> i'll just get a bunch of vines and put it on my head <laughs> but i mean it is a magical world so there's absolutely items that you could find that could give you hair we are artificers it wouldn't be that hard to magically create implants or a wig (laughs) or a wig that would probably be easier yeah some frogs can produce hair i want you to know what (laughs) i've googled this (laughs) it's not like hair but it looks like hair yo they're spiky i hate this knowledge I want the listeners to know how horrified Darby's face looked when she found that information. Horrified and cute at the same time. (laughs) It looks like he's wearing assless chaps. So maybe once you hit puberty then, Gregory, you started growing armpit hair, even though you're a frog. (laughs) Lower legs, though. It's like ass and thigh. Well, I mean, that's where people grow hair naturally. So you have underarm hair and you can have like leg hair. But like probably not a beard or head hair. You're just like, look at my luscious locks. You just swish your legs back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't wear pants. I just have hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assless chaps. Listen, I think we should... I'm a bit spurred on by this conversation, but uh, I I think I've settled on a name. Excellent. Yeah, let's let's get names for your character so we can start referring to them as such. Would it be too much to name him Bly Frosteri? It's your character, Milan. Do what you want. Hmm... That would be funny, but maybe maybe a bit too Guy Fieri there. Uh, I'll get back to you. Guy Fieri is not his birth name. What's his original last name? His, his name is Guy Ramsey Fieri. His original last name was Fairy, like the ship. Hmm, interesting. Anyway. Gregory, do you have a name in mind for your character? Probably going to be Grungary Binks. Grungary Binks. <laughs> I think I am going to keep the last name Frosteri. Okay. Maybe the first name should be Ferdinand. Goes by Ferb. Ferb Frosteri. Okay, so we've got Grungary and Ferb. The next thing that we should think about for these characters are what kind of artificers you are going to be. I know we talked about you all learning from the same master artificer in your hometown. We can keep going with that, or you can learn different kinds of artificery from this master or the same kind of artificery, but there's four subclasses for you to consider. Um, That's the alchemist, which is more of a potion-making artificer. 
the armorer, which is more of making yourself into a bit more of a tank, the artillerist, where you can make an eldritch cannon, or battlesmith, where you can make yourself a mechanical companion. Any of those speaking to you two in particular? I'm thinking alchemist makes the most sense for a chef you know casting and cooking maybe bunches of stale pound cake are his different spells be quite interesting gastronomy is a uh is a science yes it is and chemistry is a part of cooking ceviche is a chemical reaction yeah that's true yeah alchemist sounds good for me too if i'm gonna carry around an alchemy jug yeah you can just call me the uh the full grunge alchemist the full grunge <laughs> alchemist <laughs> Full Grungle Alchemist. The Full Grungle Alchemist. <laughs> oh, this is a Full Grungle Alchemist Brotherhood. Dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. The Iron Chef Alchemist of the Full Grung Alchemist. Dude. <laughs> All right. That's great. Those are your nicknames as you set out there like we're going to give you, we're going to give you these names. As you move on out of my purview into the world to explore your talents, you are full grunk alchemist <laughs> and, and you're Iron Chef alchemist. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think maybe maybe our leader or our teacher was like an, a veteran of the state. And that's if we're leaning into the full metal alchemist. Parallel. <laughs> we're leaning into it. <laughs> oh yeah this is the true this is the true harmony that fans wanted jar jar binks and full metal clunk <laughs> oh not to not mention guy with... fieri yeah guy fieri <laughs> our lord and savior guy fieri home of flavortown like we're from flavortown <laughs> actually the village's name is seasoningsville oh yeah seasoningsville uh. yeah not to be not to not to get copyright <laughs> maybe our ultimate mission is to find our way to flavortown it's been lost for centuries <laughs> the ancestral home of your of your shared clans is flavortown <laughs> Maybe you, as a grung, grew up, like, pretty much alone in this village because you lived at the bottom of a deep pond. It wasn't a big old lake. There wasn't, like, space for a whole grung society. And there probably were a lot more halflings around. And you want to go find... Let's rename it a little bit so that we don't get copyright struck. Maybe Flavor Town. I like it. Flavora Town. And that's where you, you've heard that your ancestors come from. And you would like to go to Flavor Town because you want to eat grung legs, Milan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, you heard that they've devised a method of regenerating limbs. So grung legs is a staple that not only do they live there, they also produce because they're just like, regenerate. Right? Because that's a spell, right? You can regenerate lost limbs. That is correct. <laughs> I feel like when they were, because they would be children around near the same time, I'm assuming. Maybe to give them a bit more of a shared history, my character was a little bit of a punk and a little sh**. He skipped rocks on the pond all the time. And then you just hit me in the face. Yeah, that probably happened. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, in retaliation, you dipped your finger in their food. So the fun thing about being alchemist, both of you, is that at third level, you're going to get the ability to create experimental elixirs. Once per long rest, you can make an experimental elixir, and essentially you have an empty flask, and you roll a d6, and whatever you roll is what kind of potion you have made. It's completely random, because you're not a full master over your alchemy powers yet. You're also going to get access to the same spells 
which considering your fourth level characters, you'll have access to the third level uh, artificer spells, Healing Word and Ray of Sickness. So that'll also satisfy Milan's desire to be a bit more of a support character. Yeah. What if you two just Ray of Sickness each other while lessons, trying to get the other to like be sick during lessons? I feel like Grung just has to like gently caress Ferb and then he'll just get sick from the poison. <laughs> just, just spit in his face real quick, you know? Yep. <laughs> When he's not looking, just dip a finger into his meal so that he, like your poison gets into it. Like, <laughs> the most dysfunctional adventuring group. Well, I wanted to make a mention of the experimental elixir. Much in the theme, I think, of this episode, it's all about the flavor. It doesn't have to be necessarily a liquid for Ferb. Uh, I was thinking maybe, yeah, they make just a new dish every every day for that experimental elixir. Okay. Like, oh, one day it's a spicy curry, and that literally makes people what's what's one of the alter self yeah curry so spicy that you'll grow claws <laughs> no it's the flight because you just generate lift uh-huh from where you care to explain milan no i don't i think i think i think the audience got it yeah let's think about backgrounds you two could either have the same background having grown up in the same village with the same teacher or you could take different backgrounds but which of them is speaking to you all I feel like I have to go entertainer at this point, right? Fer Ferb's a show off. You're just a live cooking chef. You know, like the hot tables with the knives, the Japanese food cooking style. You know what I'm talking about, right? That I'm doing. Yeah, I know, I know exactly. I don't know the name of them because I don't remember the names of anything. Teppanyaki or hibachi, both. Are you a teppanyaki chef? Sort of like you just go around, you like pull out this griddle and you're like throwing eggs in the air and <laughs> throwing grung eggs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> caviar Boy, i really hate you <laughs> i feel like maybe don't go that far uh maybe not like literally cooking up the child of one of my i guess acquaintances classmate colleague childhood friends to enemies to lovers <laughs> so, ferb would smooch a frog i'd listen it's literally the plot of the frog prince so is there like a scholar background uh, there is, in fact, a scholar background. So you could go with Sage. Yeah, that's one of them. You could also go with Cloistered Scholar. I think that one makes more sense because I'm kind of alone in this pond, right? Or like maybe just me and my family. So they're the ones who teach me stuff until we find our alchemic chef master to teach us. That's a very good question, though. Do I go Entertainer or do I go Gladiator, which is the variant of Entertainer? Iron Chef. <laughs> Iron Chef! <laughs> Yep, we're going gladiator. You have to know. Since I get a musical instrument from the background, it's going to be an accordion. All accordion to plan. <laughs> God, you're so cute. You have to cut that one out. No, I don't. So, <laughs> from your background, Gregory, you're going to get two skill proficiencies. You're going to get a proficiency in history, and then you get to choose if you get a proficiency in arcana, nature, and religion. Nature. Okay. Also, I'd like everyone to know that I am a red grung because they are the ones who are scholars and adept with magic in the caste system of their society that I, I guess I'm not really a part of. Maybe that's why we left. Who knows? Mm. Ooh, spicy. Do you think it was just your family at the pond or were you just like an orphan abandoned at the pond and raised by sort of a town of halflings who didn't really know how to handle you? I feel like if that's the case, they would have eaten me by now. <laughs> <laughs> So my family's definitely there protecting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the entire village, but maybe a couple people were like, hmm. Yeah, one, one Ferb Frostary included in that. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Ferb got his desire from cooking from his uh his mother, you know, who told him stories about how her grandmother cooked grung and it tasted delicious. Gregor, you're also going to get two languages of your choice. Uh, you already know... You already know grung, and we'll say common as well. It doesn't give you common, but it just makes sense for you to also have common. So what two other languages would you like to learn? Oh, man. I mean, what are my options like? Basically, uh, any of the fantasy languages that you can think of, you can learn. You could learn halfling. Oh, uh, they don't just speak common? No, halflings have their own language, too. They have their own language, halfling, and they can also speak common. Okay, so I speak common, halfling, and... I mean, who's who are the high rollers? Who are the people who are going to pay me a lot of money for my food and drink? Like the elves, right? Wait, what about Thieves Can't? Can you learn Thieves Can't? Only rogues, technically. Only rogues? Mm. Dang. Because that would... Mm. If you naturally generate poisons and you have a jug that can also make poison, it would make sense that people who might want to employ you might be of a more dubious nature. Also, maybe you're just seeking a way to poison your, your halfling companion for wanting to eat your legs all the time. <laughs> When really, for your happy companion, it's more of an academic. Uh, I think Ferb's out here to make money. Yeah. Let's go with the elves, man. They got money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elvish. Elvish. Okay. Uh, and with that closer scholar background, you're also going to get a feature called library access, which essentially means that you can get access to basically any library that you want. Pretty sick. Just yeah. hop on in there. Whereas for Gladiator Milan, you're going to get proficiency in acrobatics and performance, as well as a disguise kit, and I guess an accordion. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Place polka music before going on stage. I would actually pay to have a teppanyaki chef play accordion as he cooked. Yeah, I was about to say, what if you had one of those, like... One-man bands. Yeah, and you're, like, the only thing that was free were your hands, and you would just, like, like, their drumsticks on the other end, so you're cooking it, and you go, like, and you just, like, do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, honk-honk. <laughs> the drumsticks have, like, blades on the ends, too, so I can cut with them. Yeah. So good. Uh, okay, definitely that is what's happening, then. Okay. In that case, let's hop back over to the Artificer because y'all are also going to get some other proficiencies from your class. Each of you are going to get to choose two skills from the following list. Arcana, History, Investigation, Medicine, Nature, Perception, and Sleight of Hand. I think I'm definitely going to take a Nature proficiency and probably a Sleight of Hand proficiency. Nature, I was mostly going to use for identifying if these ingredients are poisoned or not. Uh, and... <laughs> Sleight of hand, you know, performative cooking and close-up magic are probably pretty similar. Okay. Uh, Gregory, what about you? So I already have nature as one of mine. You actually already have nature, history, and perception. So I get to pick two more on top of that? That's correct. I mean, like, what's left? Arcana and... Arcana, investigation, medicine, and sleight of hand. Medicine and sleight of hand. Because I gotta be able to stick the finger in the coffee, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're just like yeah let me make you a cup my poison's just a laxative <laughs> it makes it way worse <laughs> so is Ferb just always high then because he's around you oh my god <laughs> I mean they're definitely rivals is a kind word I think probably for what they are although I would be interested to see what their how their relationship develops over the course of an adventure yeah, there's like those two friends that like, you know, that they hate each other. But like in when they're talking to other people like, 
oh my god, this is like my best friend in the world. Like I love them. <laughs> they are the they're the mean girls of Dungeons and Dragons. Mean girl Star Wars, <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist, and Guy Fieri all rolled into one adventure. The one thing the world needed right now. Perfect. Then I think the last thing that we have to do is we have to pick feats for your characters. Hmm. I had one in mind, actually. So for those of you who are new to listening to the podcast, we make our characters at fourth level, which means that all of our characters get the chance to uh, improve or grow a little bit. However, we believe that the dice give what they give and you get what you get. So instead of allowing our guests to take ability score improvements at level four, we ask that they take a feat instead. And Milan, you said you have one in mind. What one are you thinking? I've got a couple of ideas. The first of which spell sniper because i feel like in combat because you know they are still adventurers ferb is definitely trying to stand away from anyone as far back as possible the alternatively i was thinking you know halfling probably had quite a bit of windfall growing up uh, in a village lucky would probably be pretty good mm. so lucky in addition to your halfling luck yes what's a one what's a two <laughs> <laughs> what's a two Oh, God. Especially, like, making all your con saves every single day from Grungary just sticking a finger in your coffee, like, surreptitiously, like, sticking a thumb in your plate as they pass you food, like, just licking you as you walk by. Ugh. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think think Lucky is probably what I'm going to go for. Okay, then. Uh, Gregory, is there one of these feats that stands out to you? I'm thinking maybe Observant. So that I can, you know, constantly watch my back from, you know, Frostary over here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Observant. Okay. Plus one intelligence or wisdom and uh, quick to notice details of your environment. Are you thinking you want to improve your intelligence score or your wisdom score? I mean, intelligence is probably better for the artificer anyway. So that'll bump your intelligence score up to a 15. And you're also going to get a plus five bonus to your passive perception and investigation scores, as well as you can now read lips, which is very funny because I don't imagine that Grung have lips because they're frogs. Just little mouth flaps. Their mouth just sort of wobbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can read everyone else's lips, but no one can read yours because you don't technically have any. <laughs> Do Grung just talk like Muppets? Like, open, close, open, close. Like, <laughs> ow, wow, wow. Like, how did that... Because, like, lips also shape a lot of the sounds we make. Do grung just talk like... I imagine that a grung would speak, like, if you con- if you have your lips pressed together and you're trying to just constantly have your mouth open as wide as possible. Misha, Jaja, Bink! Misha, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I'm Kermit the Frog. Hello, Kermit here. Kermit the Frog. Frog. Do you just go huh? Frog? Frog. 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 That's why we that's why we have the guttural grung. Gosh, that must be a really thick accent with all of the crazy languages I speak. <laughs> that's true. Just start speaking elf. <laughs> oh man. Imagine speaking elvish through a Muppet, and that's what this grung sounds like. Oh my god. What language has the most W's sounds? Like, wah-wah-wah-wah sounds. I don't know. It's a very interesting question. I think that with our feats, those are two fairly complete characters. Nice. How are you two feeling about your childhood rivals turned adventuring companions? Turned to lovers? 
<laughs> Question mark? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Fair. I, Fair. I just resent the idea of you trying to eat me constantly. Uh. <laughs> no, it, it, it is a Valentine's Day episode. Maybe eventually along the road through trials and tribulations, the two of you can find romance. Ferb's got unrequited feelings for the first five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe when we finally make it to Flavortown and I let you eat my leg. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate sign of love. Oh my god, they're like... He's like, you know what? We made it this far together. I'm gonna pay this dude to regrow my leg. If you're gonna eat a grung leg, it's gonna be mine. Oh my goodness, that's so good. Alright, well, thank you so much to both of you for agreeing to come on the podcast, especially uh, coming on as a unit. This has certainly been a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure to be here. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you, Harper. And I hope that this podcast goes well. (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. It was was absolutely a blast to make Ferb and... What can I say other than that I had a great time because any time spent with Darby is amazing. You're such a dweeb. <laughs> and you're a dork, okay? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Young love. That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. Art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. Transcriptions are by AJ Ray. Find him on Twitter at Pusha underscore kid. If you like what we do, please support us on patreon.com slash chaoticpod for awesome perks, including bonus content and exclusive access. We are proud partners of Critical Mission an inclusive online TTRPG community streaming on Twitch. Catch our podcast and other fun shows every single day at twitch.tv slash critical misses. If you want to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chaoticpod. You can also join our Discord server by going to our website, chaoticpod.com, or via our link tree in our Twitter bio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. It helps new listeners to find us. And tell your favorite nerdy friend about us. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening.